Praise Jesus. It's good to go pray for people. Amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I want to try something out new on y'all tonight. Test the waters. Y'all don't like it, but I won't preach it again. But uh, Going to the Old Testament, the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 3. You know, no matter, no matter uh, who, who I'm listening to or who's preaching or whatever, I'm always just asking the Lord to, you know, I want to hear something on it. I want something to leap out, and then I start talking to other people. And when Pastor Charles was here, he he made a statement, and I may not be quoting exactly what he said, but what he said, what it what it said to me was, is we don't want to do what we want to do; we want to do what the Lord wants to do. In in that sense, right? In other words, sometimes in life we can we can be thinking, you know, we want to, oh yeah, this is a good job, this is a good work, a good whatever, let's go do it, but. I want, to, I want to know it's what the Lord's wanting me to do, you know, because there's a difference. And I always believe doing good's, you're not, you can't go wrong doing good, right? But in big things, specific things in life, I want to make sure that, that we're following the Lord's plan and what He wants to do. And so uh, some of y'all that were here and ladies that helped and uh, guys that helped with the funeral we had here on Monday, Monday? And I've just, I just can't hardly keep days going straight. But anyway, Monday, I just want to say thank you so much because I saw something taking place because I've always had a vision that here at the church, and I saw this when, way back when the church was even turned the other direction, and I saw people coming from all over and all over the mountains, all over the hills, some tattered clothes, some just, you know, this and that and the other they were dressed in, they, but they came here and... Uh, I can still remember the vision just like it was yesterday. And uh, Jan Blaylock was stirring a pot of water that was boiling on the stove. And I kept walking up to her saying, is it ready? And she said, not yet. And she just kept stirring it. And I walked over and said, is it ready? And she said, no, not yet. And then the third time I asked her, is it ready? She said, yes. And when, and when she did, she just like scooped up and it was just like full of potatoes. It was like this big stew or soup or something that you know, that was a miracle. And then we took it and we put it in, well, there was all of, all of y'all, church people, we, we went by, we dished it out in bowls, and we went outside and we were giving it to the people that were sitting all out underneath the trees and all that, and we were feeding them. And, and I knew at the, that moment that, you know, it, it really wasn't a, as much a natural thing of feeding people as it was feeding people spiritually and that y'all were doing the ministry to all these people, you know, ministering. That's why I have y'all go, Pray for one another. I mean, we can't pray for our own brothers and sisters in here because we're we're too nervous or something. Then you know you're never going to pray for the world, and so we got to break out of those habits and break out of those those comfort zones. And when I saw that funeral and what was going on, and I saw everybody, and I and I stopped for a minute, and I, I, my heart kind of just kind of you know palpitated or whatever you call it, just for a moment, because I was like, God, this is like the scene. This is like. This is like what I literally saw. We actually literally got food. We're feeding the people, and and I was kind of like, you know, you know. So, I I just know that the future for us as a church is a great thing. That there's going to be more and more and more and more people blessed, and more and more people that we're going to minister to, and and I I really do believe that 
the expansion has, can only take place if y'all are involved and y'all are locked in. It can't be by me. It can't be by Laura. It can't be just by a, a small group of people. It has to be everybody. It has to be the body of Christ in action and doing what we're called to do. And so with that thought in mind, I want to share this. this uh, actually, you know, it's a vision. It takes place here in Zechariah, but, you know, it's a, as we read through this thing and look at it, you can see uh, the relationship between Jesus and us. It's a type and a shadow of where we are today. So let me just read it here, and I just want to start off here and see where it ends up. It says, And then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. Now stop right there and don't read on. Just think about that scene. Okay? Just think about that scene for a minute. Here's Joshua the high priest. Now let's get the setting right. Okay? This is when the, the, all of the nation of Israel had gone back to Jerusalem to rebuild it. This is when Nehemiah and Ezra and and, and all are working to rebuild the walls and to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, rebuild the temple, and to do all of this. And Zechariah is one of the prophets that's there is prophesying. And so Joshua was the high priest who was, they kept, just because they went to Babylon, they didn't stop the Levitical high priest and everything going on. They kept it. So he comes back and he's the high priest, all right? So he, but he's a high priest that's been in captivity, Okay? He's never really had a temple. He's never really worshipped. He's never really seen God moving. He's never gone in to Solomon's temple. He's never really seen the power of what was taking place with David. And, and they've been in captivity, right? So you know how, you know how, uh, how we, can, we, can, we can, as we, we can start losing what the... What the real was when it starts getting watered down. You know what I mean? Over a period of time, things start changing, and then when you really see what was happening, you're like, oh, really, that's, that's what we were supposed to be doing, right? I, and so this is what's happening, all right? And so they're just kind of going through forms and formalities, and he sees this vision, and so it says, the Lord said, okay, and the angel of the Lord and Satan standing in his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Now, if you're a John Wayne fan like me, you know that that was the quote that Catherine Hepburn said about John Wayne and Rooster Cogburn. So, you know, that's just a little bit of extra trivia tonight. <laughs> Isn't he a brand plucked from the fire? But think of this scene now. Let's just carry it on. The devil's standing there to oppose him. He's going to say, look, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's lost the tradition. He, he's, he, he's not doing it right. He's not being a proper high priest. He, look at him. He, who does he think he is? He's not following. He's standing there to oppose what's going to go on. And the Lord said, shut up. The Lord rebuke you. The Lord did the rebuking. He said, I rebuke you. And then he says, is this not, listen to the passion of the Lord here. In other words, the Lord looking at Joshua, he says, is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Is this not one that was going to perish? Is this not somebody that, that was special that I pulled up, a brand that got plucked out of the fire that didn't, didn't succumb to the heat, didn't succumb to the, the burning of the fire? This is what I picked out. 
That's each and every one of y'all. A brand that got plucked out of the fire. You could have been shipwrecked in life. You could have been lost. You could have gone another direction. You could have not been sitting in here worshiping God tonight. Hello? A brand plucked from the fire. That's us. That's all of us. So the Lord looking at you, think about this. Just listen to the, just listen to the heart of, of, of the Lord in this whole situation. Just listen to his heart. He's standing there. The devil probably has some sort of accusation that would have merit to it. Right? He's probably got him on some technical technicality. He didn't really do it right. His heart really wasn't in it. You know what he did last night? You saw what he thought. You know what his thoughts are. He had some technicality in there. And the Lord just dismisses it. He doesn't even give him anything to say. He says, he just dismisses him, gets him out of there. Says, the Lord rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire and the compassion of the Lord caring about each and every one of you? See, sometimes, church, we forget. We forget that Jesus saved us. We start thinking that we got saved instead of he saved us. We forget that he called us and he chose us before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blamable and irreprovable in his sight. Right? You start forgiving that you have an importance because you are a brand that was plucked from the fire. You could have just been lost. You could have been out there just serving the world. You could have just been... No, no, but you were a brand plucked from the fire that he pulled out. And when I read that and I see that, it just touches my heart because it's just like, oh, man, Lord, that's how you're looking at me. I am special. Everybody say I'm special. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know you all agree with me. <laughs> now, say it again. Say, say, I'm special meaning yourself. Do you hear this? you hear the heart of Jesus here? How special you are. That you're a brand plucked from the seat up? Man, you're so special. The world, whatever goes on, no, but you're special. Been so easy for you just to be living in the world, but no, no, you fought the good fight of faith. You're standing here tonight when others have fallen. You're a brand plucked from the fire. Kitchen, everyone is Bruce. It would have been so easy just to keep doing what you're doing. But no, you're a brand plucked from the fire. And you can't ever forget that, church. In your walk in life, you can never forget that. That, Jimmy, God had something special for you. You're special, a brand plucked from the fire. Mabel, you, you, God looked at you in Del Rio. <laughs> It's almost like nobody gets saved from Del Rio, you know? <laughs> but here you are. You know what I'm saying? It's just, God, he's so amazing, that he, the way he looks at y'all. So everybody always wants to give credence to the devil, but wait a minute, he just got smoked. He just, got, he just showed up to oppose and never even got to say anything. The Lord rebuked him, shot him out of there, and said, I, I, no, 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 I chose this one. He's a brand plucked from the fire. That's, that's, this is guy's important. Okay, so he goes on. Now, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. So, he, 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 you know he didn't have on dirty clothes, but you know he's talking about a righteousness, right? And he answered 
And he spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. Did Joshua ask them to be taken away? No. The Lord just said, Take him away. We're cleaning this boy up. He's a brand plucked from the fire. We're going to clean him up. And take away the filthy garments from him. And he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I clothe you with rich robes. Now, folks, like I said, this is a really a like a whole series here. I could just tear into this, and I'm just testing the waters tonight. Rich robes. See, again, we don't, we don't think about our salvation. We're just like, oh, I'm so glad I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to go to hell. But wait a minute. The blood of Jesus over our lives, Hebrews 12, 24 says, it speaks. Speaks great things over you and who you are. The blood of Jesus speaking these rich robes upon you that you were sanctified and made righteous in the eyes of Almighty God. See, the next time the devil starts tormenting you and starts yakking in your head, you need to turn to him and say, the Lord rebuke you, I am a brand plucked from the fire. You're going to the fire, and I got pulled out of the fire. Are you with me? You need to remind him of who you are. That you're a brand that got plucked out of the fire and got clothed with rich robes. See, we don't even understand the depth of our salvation. We don't understand all what the authority of Jesus does in our life and the blood of Jesus over us. We don't, we don't get the picture. We see, we see small uh, uh, tunnel vision. You know, it's so funny. My wife gives me a hard time all the time. And it's the truth. I, I have tunnel vision. She can say it's in the icebox on the second shelf, and I go in there, and I I see nothing but the second shelf, and I look. And if it's not up front, and if I now say, I got you on this one, it's not in there. And she'll say, look, right behind this, if you just move that over a little bit, there it is. I go, okay. I was just telling Jake, I was building camera boxes for Joe, and, and I had two wires cut, and I... I stopped, I had four wires cut, and I put two of them in, and then I went to find the other two, and I couldn't find them. And I was like, what happened? These two wires. And I look around, and they fell into the black hole of the abyss. You know, they're like launched into another dimension or something. They're nowhere. And so I gave up on them, went and cut two more wires, put them in there. The next day, I'm walking along. I mean, I'm walking along. The next day, I'm in the shop, and I walk over there to just like five feet away from where I was working, and there was the two wires laying there. I was like... Oh, I guess y'all appeared now. You, you, know. you went into another dimension, got sucked up in the vortex, and you spit out right over here because they weren't there yesterday. But we get such tunnel vision sometimes, and we're looking at all of our salvation. We're looking at just what's around us in our little world right here and not realizing the rich garments we have on because of what Jesus did for us and who we are in Christ. Okay? And how the devil really doesn't have any authority and if he, you know, the Lord just smoked him. So here we go. And, the, and let's see, verse 5. And I said, let them put a, a clean Stetson on his head. And they put a clean Stetson on his head. And they put clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. Right? Isn't that what y'all say? That's what you see, isn't it? Amen. And the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts. Now, catch this. If you will walk in my ways and if you will keep my commands, then you shall also judge my house and likewise have charge of my courts. 
You shall judge my house and likewise have charge of my courts, and I will give you places to walk among these who stand here. Now, wait a minute. That's in heaven. You seeing it? In other words, he's saying, look, yes, you're in charge of the, the, let me just say the church, okay? You're in charge of the church, and you're going to walk in my courts, my courts. They're not his courts. They're not Israel's courts. They're not the temple's courts. They're his courts. You're going to walk in my courts, but I want to give you places to walk in and stand amongst these that are here. In other words, there's something going on in heaven from what you're doing here on earth. In other words, you're at your house praying for whatever situation's going on, and the Lord's wanting you to get the revelation that you're not only affecting what's on earth, but you're also affecting what's in heaven. And you're walking in the courts in heaven amongst those that are there because it's, I don't know how to explain it, but there's, because I don't, I don't, I don't even, can't even fully understand it. But there's something between heaven and earth that's not like earth to heaven. Because Jesus is seeing what's going on in your life right there, what's going on in heaven all the time. He's seeing that in real time. He's not having to leap from one station to the next. You see what I'm saying? He's seeing what's going on, and he's looking at you saying, don't you understand that you have authority in heaven and that you're walking in the courts of heaven with all these that are around here too? That you're... Authority in the blood of Jesus on your life, it carries over greater than you can imagine. And I'm not seeing you with filthy garments on. I'm seeing the blood of Jesus, and I'm seeing you affecting my courts, my courts. So now here we go. So this is kind of like another side message. But each and every one of you, you have a kingdom, and you are a ruler of a kingdom. Everything around you, your life, your family, your business, all that, that's your kingdom that's here on earth. You're ruler of that kingdom. And you have charge over that kingdom. But here's where the trick is. Not a trick. Here's where the key is. Okay? Is it your kingdom or his kingdom? Because if you've truly given everything to the Lord, then it becomes his kingdom. And so then you're walking in his courts doing his bidding, and you're the servant in the middle of it. If you're in charge, and it's your courts and your life, and you're in charge of it, that means then you have to gut it out, you have to make it happen, you have to, you know. And what I think is happening a lot of times is we're running our lives like we're in charge until we can't do it, and then we go to the Lord. And that's where we get in trouble because we're not making it his courts. It's ours until we can't handle it, and then we go to him when we can't do that. The key is, is to be the servant who's just standing there. And I get this picture of Joshua, the high priest, just kind of standing there like, oh, I'm sunk. Satan's over here to oppose me. My garments are filthy. I'm standing before the Lord. I'm sunk. And he's just kind of... And then all of a sudden, the Lord rebukes the devil. And he's like, what? And then he's like, put the clean garments on. You know, now he's got 
feeling pretty good, looking pretty good, looking pretty sharp. Gets that new Stetson on his head. You know, probably like 1,000X. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine, Stetson. So now he's feeling pretty good. And then he finds out that, wait a minute, I'm not having to do this. You're doing it, and I'm just, I'm just here to facilitate your courts on earth, and then I have authority on earth, but it's transcending into heaven, and I'm walking in heaven, and there's more power that's given to me. I mean, all of this I get to use too. I mean, think about this. And like, when, when years ago, when we first bought our piece of property out there, uh, the only thing I owned that would clear brush was, was a machete. And so we started with machetes. And so we just chopped through the brush with the machete. And then the day came and we had enough money and we bought a chainsaw. And then we started using a chainsaw and then we chainsawed everything. Then we thought, man, we are doing good, but still cutting and dragging brush, cutting and dragging brush, burning out little holes. And then one day it came and I, I rented a bulldozer for, uh, you know, for three days. And then, man, we got a bunch cleared, you know? And it just it was progression. But imagine what it would have been like if I was standing there with just my machete in my hand needing to, you know, go clear 30 acres and had the machete in the hand. And somebody drove up and said, man, you, want, you need some equipment here. I've got everything that man ever wanted over here, and it's all yours. Just come pick it up and use it. I would have just been blown away like, what? Yeah, anything. It's just all right there. Diesel tanks over there. Fill it up. Just go. Just do. I would have just been, from me saying that my little machete, I would have just been blown away. It was all, everything was given to me. Well, folks, I really believe that's what the Lord's trying to get across to us. That you need to go ahead and put your machete down because you're not getting that much done anyway. <laughs> I know it. And go ahead and turn to his courts and say, Lord, um, now, we, you've got some equipment, right? <laughs> and he says, yeah, look at it. Pulls back the barn door and said, what do you want? And your heart then would rejoice because you would know you've got it totally, completely. All sufficiency is needed. So when the Lord says to you that he can do exceedingly abundant beyond you could even think or ask, those are the kind of things he's talking about. Everything that you need to accomplish whatever you're going through in life or whatever is in your life, it's all in his courts. It's in his barn. It's there for you. All you got to do is learn to use it. All you got to do is learn to use it. Amen? So I think I gave you enough to chew on tonight. I suggest for you to keep reading that and keep digging into it and keep letting the Lord reveal to you maybe what you've been missing. And remember, you are a brand plucked from the fire. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, 
Please share this with a friend. God bless you and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.